Having a versatile, high-quality piece of clothing feels great, but having a whole closet full of favorites feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything you need for your spring days. From premium t-shirts and jeans to lightweight French terry joggers and their legendary best hoodie ever. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20. Hey everybody, I'm Zach. And I'm Jesse. And you're watching Tesla Time News, episode 290 on Now You Know. And you know, we're brought to you by you, our Patreon patrons. Help support us, bring you independent news every week by heading over to patreon.com slash now you know, and there you're going to find some awesome perks. And we want to thank Birch Living for sponsoring the show. Birch is a premium mattress in a box company that makes mattresses and sleep products that are stylish, comfortable, and environmentally conscious. And it's that last part, the environmentally conscious part, that really first got my attention because Birch makes organic, non-toxic mattresses made right here in America with just four materials sourced straight from nature. Organic latex, New Zealand wool, American steel springs, and organic cotton. Yeah, I've been sleeping on my Birch mattress for about a year now, and I love it for two big reasons. Okay, so what's the first reason? First of all, it's super comfortable. Uh, my girlfriend and I used to toss and turn way more with my old mattress. Now with my Birch, I find that we get much more restful sleep and we feel much more energy in the morning. And what else? Look, you're going to spend about a third of your life in bed. And for me, I want a mattress to be made of organic and natural materials. Exactly. Birch is certified global organic textile standard, Green Guard Gold, Fair Trade, Eco Institute certified, Wool Integrity New Zealand, Forest Stewardship Council. I mean, it's made sustainably, and that's important to us. And Birch Living just introduced their newest mattress, the Birch Lux Natural Mattress. The Lux takes the comfort and luxury of the original Birch mattress to the next level. It's crafted with responsibly sourced and sustainably produced materials, including organic cashmere. The Lux is specially created with breathability, cooling, and support in mind, and offers increased airflow and targeted zoned lumbar support. And I think there's actually a third and fourth reason that you love your mattress about, but you might've forgotten about. Uh, what? It's how you got your Birch mattress and how you tested it. Oh, right. I mean, possibly the best part, Birch delivers your mattress right to your door for free within the US, comes rolled up in a box, and it's super easy to set up for yourself. And the 100 night sleep trial? Right. Not only is it way easier than going into a store, and honestly, at a mattress store, are you really going to be able to tell how a mattress is to sleep on? Yeah, you have to sleep on it. With Birch, you get more than three months to make sure that you love it. If you don't, they'll pick it up for you. And I mean right out of your bedroom and you'll get a full refund. And Birch gives you peace of mind with a 25-year warranty. If you've been dreaming about a new mattress, don't wait any longer. Use our link, birchliving.com slash now you know. You'll get $400 off your Birch mattress plus two free pillows. Those pillows, by the way, are made from recycled plastic bottles. All right, have you been looking at Twitter, Jesse? Do you see the latest tweet from Twitter? What? Tesla just reported on its official Twitter account that it will be putting another stock split to a vote with shareholders at the annual Tesla shareholder meeting later this year. Whoa. All right. I mean, I remember we had a stock split a little while ago. Yep. That was a five to one split in August of 2020. Right. And remember, stock price did what? Can you say doubled? <laughs> so we get more details now from Tesla's 8K SEC filing. On March 28th, Tesla announced its plan to request shareholder approval at the upcoming 2022 annual meeting of stockholders for an increase in the number of authorized shares of common stock through an amendment to the company's amended and restated certificate of incorporation to order to enable a stock split of the company's common stock 
stock in the form of a stock dividend. Tesla's board of directors has approved the management proposal, but the stock dividend will be contingent on final board approval. The company's definitive proxy statement relating to the annual meeting will include additional details regarding the amendment, as well as the record date, blah, 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 blah. All right. So I'm not a stock guy or anything like that, but I heard we're getting a dividend and dividend. (laughs) That means good, right? That means money. Okay. Normally it does, right? There's stocks that you buy where you get a dividend and that means every quarter or year you get a dividend that's cash that goes into your bank account. Mm -hmm. This is not the case. I know you heard the word dividend. I heard dividend. So I want money, please. Yeah. It's not a traditional dividend. That's just how you word it. If you're going to be doing a stock split because you're actually getting more shares and you have to account for that in some way. So I see. So I'm going to be getting more shares. Right. The value of those shares. We don't know what the split ratio is yet. Okay. Before, you're right, it was a five to one. Mm-hmm. This could be a two to one or three to one or it could even be a reverse split for all we know. We don't know. Probably won't be. Probably won't be. Okay. But there will be no dividends. So those of you who are like, I'm writing the check now. I've got some money coming yeah. in. No, you're getting more shares, but they're not free shares. No, no, hang on. They're reduced by the value. So it's just a way that they have to write it because they are technically giving you more shares, but all your shares are now worth the value of the well, let's dividend. L- let's denominator. No, let's let's simplify it here. Let's say Tesla's at a thousand dollars a share, and let's say they do a five to one split. So let's say you had one share right now. Mm-hmm. You get five shares, but instead of being worth a thousand dollars each, you they'd be worth two hundred dollars each. So you'd still have the same value value in, in okay. your stock account, but now you have five times the number of shares. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah. in the back. So why do they do? stock splits. Look, I don't really know, to be honest, because to me, you can buy fractional shares. But the conventional thinking is that when the price gets too high, then you uh, don't sell as many shares or something. I I don't know. I've never thought of it that way. Well, I mean, if I buy fractional shares, you don't always get like shareholder rights. Right. It's hard to vote a a fractional vote. I'm voting my 0.317 shares. Right. And so, I mean, there are plenty of people, a lot of people who are trading Tesla for making money specifically, but technically a shareholder does get to vote at shareholder meetings. And And let's keep in mind, this isn't a done deal. It's up to the shareholders. Now, we don't know the date um, in place yet of the next annual meeting. Last year's meeting was in October. Mm -hmm. um, And so it's going to be a while before this vote takes place. We'll probably talk about this more over on the Investor Club because this is investor related Mm -hmm. stuff. Uh, If you're interested, join us over there. Okay, but what about the announcement from Tesla that Shanghai? is shutting down? Yes. So we've talked about this also on the Now You Know Investor Club bonus story. I have friends in Shanghai. Uh, I talk to them every week. I've been doing that for over a decade. So I get to kind of check in on what is going on there. Mm -hmm. Things have been getting worse COVID-wise in Shanghai. Uh, The Shanghai government is handling it with more forced quarantines, something we don't do here in the West Mm -hmm. that much. We kind of ask people, hey, if you're feeling not well, stay home. But in China, if, for instance, you're at a university, if say one person comes down with COVID, a whole floor or a whole university can get quarantined for a week. So I think what's happening is as the COVID numbers are going up, mm-hmm. people are being forced to quarantine, which means if you're Tesla and you've got thousands of employees and all of a sudden, you know, a few of them come down with COVID, they're being quarantined. And probably a lot of their friends and family who may work also at Tesla are being quarantined. And so it's probably affecting the numbers now so much that Tesla was forced to shut down until they figure out when they'll have enough employees to continue. Now, when will that happen? Will it just be a day? I doubt it. I don't think we're going to see COVID just drop that fast. Could it be a week or two? 
very likely. Could it even be a month or more? It could. I thought that everyone said that COVID was over. So what is this all about? I think what's happening is Chinese made vaccines have not been as effective as Western ones. The numbers we're seeing appear to be around the 50% mark of efficacy, whereas in the West, it's been more like 80 or 90% effective. Mm -hmm. So I think what's happening is more and more people are finally coming down with COVID in China, even though they've done an amazing job in terms of like quarantines and masks and all that. It's still a virus that spreads. Mm -hmm. This is going to negatively affect Tesla's bottom line. Well, I mean, technically, yes. I mean, every day that they can't be producing cars, they can't be selling cars. But let's keep in mind that all the other car companies in Shanghai are probably experiencing the same thing. But I mean, how many car companies are specifically in Shanghai as opposed to, you know, Beijing and Wuhan and all the other Chinese cities? I mean, right. Each city is kind of handling this slightly differently. I mean, there isn't just one policy. It's kind of a a mixture of the federal government and the local government. So it's hard to tell. But I'm assuming that if the numbers get high in one city, they're probably going to be high in other cities. And this is probably going to affect a lot of car companies. So it's kind of a level playing field in that sense. Hmm. So to me, this is kind of like a non-story. I know a lot of people have been tying this story to the Tesla split and it's like, well, Elon announced this so that people won't think about the shutdown. I don't know. It doesn't seem like that's what he did. Um, It seems like this was because of the SEC filing that Mm -hmm. was going to come out and it has to be filed. And so Tesla announced it. And so, I mean, I think a lot of people are thinking like, well, this is going to affect Tesla and Chinese car companies. But there are a lot of traditional companies that we've heard of, you know, Volkswagen and uh, Ford that sell cars in China, make cars in China. I'm more worried about the supply chain. Uh, We're not talking about the boring stuff of Mm. just factories that make cable harnesses and headlights. Okay, Those companies, which supply all the car companies, are also probably going to be feeling this effect. And so is this ripple effect going to affect us months from now? Probably again, because you saw what happened to the supply chain so far. So that's what I'm really worried about Mm -hmm. is like, how will this affect us even when it's supposedly over? Yeah. All right. But let's talk about something good. Tesla has officially started sending out invites for the Cyber Rodeo at Giga Texas. Awesome. Let me check my email for my invite here. Uh, Hello. It's not. uh, I don't see any invite. Yeah, I mean, this is because uh, Texas kind of limited them in the number of, I mean, 15,000 is a lot, but it's not that many. Um, It sounds like a lot of the invites are going out to people who live in Texas, which I think is perfectly fine. But I mean, oh man, I I really wanted to go. By the sound of it, Cybertruck should be there and I just, I want to ride in it again. And I mean, that's something that we heard from a lot of people in our community. So that's why... We are going to be holding Now You Know's Cyber Rodeo Live. We are going to be live streaming Cyber Rodeo on April 7th, but we need your help. If you have an invite to the event, please help cover it for us. Yeah, we're working with our friend Noah from Corporate Streams to take lots of people's video and put it all together live. So join us on April 7th. We'll be doing a YouTube live stream as well as holding a massive Zoom call where we're going to be taking calls from the audience, from you sitting at home in your living room, but also from people who are going to be at the event, basically live streaming it to us. And it's going to be kind of like... um. I don't know if everyone's watching the Oscars. It'll be kind of like the red carpet, um, except that it'll be uh, you guys who have invites. Please, it would be so great. You're going to be able to take the entire community with you. Um, And we're going to be able to jump between different places. And, oh, let's look at the Cybertruck. And uh, we need to see the taco stand. I want to see... Everything. So basically, uh, we're thinking, you know, April 7th. I know that, you know, it's not like a Saturday or anything. So uh, just stop by. 
I mean, we know it's going to be four to midnight Texas time. And so that's probably what we're going to be live streaming. So it's like you can check in with us, check back with us. And uh, we're going to just be letting you know latest and greatest of what's going on. But if you do have an invite to the event, please reach out to us. We're basically going to be structuring this as like a Zoom call. So if you've done any Zoom calls from your phone, it's going to be very similar to that, except that we're going to be able to grab your stream, throw it into our YouTube live stream because uh, we have a wizard working for us, Noah, who's going to be putting this all together. He uh, has his own company called Corporate Stream. So we're very so excited to be working with him. Yeah. Um, and I'm just so excited to be able to bring this very limited event uh, to more people. To more people. I'm yeah, because, I mean, Jesse and I have been at many Tesla events, and we know what it feels like to be on the outside of being like, what's going on in there? What's <laughs> exactly. happening? Um, and we also know that, like, this kind of event is impossible for Tesla to cover because it's not on one stage. Right. It's it's like the entire Gigafactory. And, I mean, let's say that Zach and I did get invites, which we didn't, and I don't think that we necessarily should. We don't no. live in Texas. If we did get invited, it would just be me like, hi, guys, <laughs> I'm stuck in line. <laughs> I'm good to talk on. Uh, yeah, so go to hello at now you know channel dot com let us know if you've already gotten an invite so that we can start to set up like where you're going to be and how you can talk to us hey and this late breaking news that just came in yes we're from the future yeah we're from the future coming back to you uh so you know that we're covering cyber rodeo and we're going to be doing live that whole day we're asking you if you happen to have gotten an invite and you're going to the event we'd like you to fill out the google form down below just answer a couple quick questions about yourself so we can reach out to you. And we are going to be asking you if you want to join our live stream that day on Zoom. Not all day. No, no, no. no, no. Just a few minutes of your time. If you're in a cool place, you can join the Zoom. Uh, talk to our producers and say to them, hey, I'm in a cool place. Get me on the show. And they will try and get you on the show so that you can tell us what's going on. You're our eyes and ears in the field. So make sure that you have Zoom downloaded on your phone. Uh, we're going to be, you know, you're going to be live streaming from the event. Then we're going to be switching over to somebody else. They're going to be live streaming from inside the giga casting or something like that. And that's that. what's going to make this so cool. I don't know if anyone's ever really done this before. We could not have done it without Noah from Corporate Streams yeah. and his whole amazing team who we met today. This I am really looking forward to. It's either going to be the the best thing ever on YouTube <laughs> or close to it. Yes. Uh, so, yeah. So excited to have you all join us. And for those of you going, please, please, please uh, fill out the Google form down below. We would love to have you as a part of our uh, filming team yeah. and also uh, sharing some some codes, some special secret handshakes at the event. Yeah, I mean, you get to put this on your resume, I think. But while we're talking about Gigafactory Texas, let's talk about Giga Berlin, which had its official opening last Tuesday. Thank you to Stefan from the Next Move YouTube channel for this footage. So I want to be, I want to be clear that uh, sometimes people are either sad about the future, or they, they think, well, will we solve sustainable energy? Um, and maybe the climate issue is it's too late or something like that. Um, I, I really want to assure everyone that you can have hope in the future. You should have hope in the future. This problem will be solved. Uh, and uh, this factory is a, a major step in that direction. Oh, and... Uh by the way, Elon did dance at the event. Check this out. So Tesla delivered 30 Model Ys at the event. The Giga Berlin factory cost $5.5 billion to build from start to finish. It was arguably one of the fastest factories of this size ever built in Germany, which is not a country known for speed when it comes to construction. And I do want to show you another video, Jesse. There was uh, some video at the event of a drone that was flown through the factory. Uh, we're going to show that to you on our Patreon bonus stories. You're going to flip out. All right. All right. So Hertz has announced that they're adding Model Ys to their rental fleet. 
Okay, so I remember it was at the beginning of this year, end mm -hmm. of last year, we had been hearing that Hertz made a deal with Tesla to order 100,000 Model 3s for rent. Right. And in fact, uh, we have a viewer. Yeah, our buddy Frank uh, actually went and rented one of these Model 3s from Hertz and gives us the whole lowdown. So stay tuned for later in the show where on our video contributor stories, Frank's going to give you the whole scoop. But I do want to talk about one thing that Frank brought up, which is that he experienced the car, mm -hmm. but he was kind of expecting that they would be like, okay, and here's the turn on your Tesla app and mm -hmm. control your Hertz rental. And he was like, there's no app for a renter. And I was like, why didn't Tesla and Hertz work together and get like a Tesla API so that the Hertz app could control the car? Yeah. Not not all the functions. I get it. And you probably don't want to let people like auto summon it or something. Mm -hmm. But like one of the nice functions would be like you're at the airport and like, where did I park my car? Mm -hmm. Oh, I can find it here on the app. Yeah. I mean, I guess you're going to have to use the, the key card and stuff like that. But hang on a second. What? At the airport, there's probably hundreds of Teslas that are all the same model and all the same color. And right. you're like, where did I park my black model right. three? And you actually, you don't even have the fob. So you can't go, you can't bloop, go bloop, right. Because oftentimes I'll walk up to what I think is my model three and it's like, oh, that's the wrong license plate. But when you rent a car, you don't remember the license plate number. Right. So you're going to walk up to the car and be trying your key card. And right. I don't know. That just I thought was really weird that Tesla. It's such an easy thing to do, I think. Yeah. I mean, you could just add buttons, I think. I, I'm not sure how does, many APIs actually allow you to unlock the car. Does this like show, that. though, that Tesla doesn't really want to do this with Hertz, that like they're happy probably to sell them the cars, but they're like, you know what, we're getting ready for the Tesla network and we really don't need you. It does seem like they might be considering this as like a last century mm. kind of thing, because if you remember, Tesla did not give Hertz like a deal. You normally no. normally you sell a hundred thousand of something. You go and we're gonna do something about the price there, buddy. Uh, in this case, Tesla was just like, "Oh, you want to buy a hundred thousand Model Threes? But good for you." Yeah, but here's the question: Hertz announced that they're gonna be buying Model Ys. Is this in addition to the hundred thousand Model Threes, or is this gonna be part of those hundred thousand Model Threes? Right. So my guess is that they're adding Model Ys, and they're just gonna be buying them as they can get them, because. Maybe they are limited in the number of Model 3s that they can get because, I mean, speaking of building a fleet of Teslas, with everyone wanting Teslas, and even with the Tesla's recent price increases, can you even get one? Yeah, delivery updates from Tesla this week show that most Tesla models in the U.S. won't be available this year, even if you order today. And that's this year. So check this out. The Model Y long range is now saying January to April 2023. This is after the price has gone up to $63,000. I mean, your best bet might be to buy the Model Y Performance. It's actually only $3,000 more. And I know you're like, no, no, it's $5,000 more, but you're getting the 20 inch wheels that you would have paid more for. Mm. So you could actually take delivery of that between July and September of this year. And then you'd have the performance. Uh, performance, yeah. right. I mean, at least you can still get a $47,000 uh, rear-wheel drive Model 3 between July and September of this year. Yeah, and Model S's are estimated now delivery dates of November through January, so that's quite a long time. The five-seat Model X's are available April through July of next year. If you want a Model X, I would recommend the six or seven-seat. <laughs> that comes a little sooner, although not until December. Wow. This points to demand, I think, that uh, Hertz might have something to do with that. Demand. Everything has something to do with it. Look, <laughs> I know what's happening. You get your Model 3 or your Model Y. Mm -hmm. You talk to your friends and your family. 
They all drive in it, experience it, ask all the questions that we all ask before we buy EVs about like, well, I can't own one because I live in a city and where would I plug it in? And then you explain the supercharger network and then they go, oh, I'm going to go get one. So everyone right now is buying them. I know they're expensive, but you know what? With gas prices going up, everyone's doing smart. They're doing the math. They're doing total cost of ownership Mm -hmm. and they're going, you know what? Yeah. Upfront cost expensive. Long life of the car. I'm saving a lot. And the other thing is a lot of people do own their cars for longer than two years, four Mm -hmm. years, six years. They're thinking 10. Uh, If you do the math for 10 years in total cost of ownership, try doing it yourself. You'll see you're going to save a lot of money. Yeah. And I mean, I've been seeing it firsthand. I've been seeing, you know, on my commute, on my short commute, I live not very far away from the studio. I've been seeing more Teslas appear uh, during the holidays. And now I'm starting to see them appear back but in different colors mm-hmm. at those same houses. Because once you get in one, you don't want to get out of one. Nope. And so, yeah. And that it's... other second car you have that's the ICE car, you're like, don't want to drive it anymore. Exactly. And then you're fighting over who gets to drive the Tesla. Yeah. And for those of you thinking, well, didn't you say the other week that I could order it with FSD and get it faster? Not anymore. Well, anyone checking the website today will notice that adding full self-driving does not show a sooner delivery timeline. Yeah, what's not clear is whether or not this will affect people who already ordered their cars with FSD or the people who ordered it and then canceled FSD. Now, people want to talk about, you know, was this some marketing trick to get more cash? I think that there were benefits to both pricing structures, to to making FSD jump the line and not doing that. I think that this way is way more fair to everyone, um, especially after these recent price hikes. I think that, you know, hiking up the price and then going, but if you really want it, you're going to pay us an extra $12,000. That was a little much for for a lot of people to swallow. Yeah. The big question for me is whether or not these delivery timelines will get shorter as Giga Texas comes online. Like, have, it, have they already accounted for that or have they just decided, like, don't even count that yet? Right. I think that maybe for the Model Y, but I think that the Model S and X will still have quite a wait since they're made at the Fremont factory. Now, maybe they can allocate more space at the Fremont factory to make more S's and X's, but... No, uh, I think a lot of people were waiting for the refresh S and X, so there's been a built-up demand. And they've also been waiting to see how it is, like, you know, they don't want to get the first ones. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, now I think we're seeing that demand curve pick up again. Yeah. Hey, you know, YouTube has been acting so weird lately. It's not been sharing our videos much. And it's not just us. It's every YouTuber is talking about it. So we'd really appreciate if you'd help us out and hit the like button. When President Biden took office, he issued an executive order. The entire federal fleet would go electric. We reported last month on how Postmaster Louis DeJoy, head of the U.S. Postal Service, put out a greenwashy response to the mounting pressure for the USPS to actually replace the existing aging fleet of ice trucks with electric trucks instead of these crappy gas guzzling things made by the Oshkosh Corporation. Now, we told you to make some noise about it, and it appears to be doing something. Yeah, so USPS put out an announcement. They said the Postal Service announced today that it placed its initial next-generation delivery vehicle, or NGDV, delivery order with Oshkosh, Wisconsin-based Oshkosh Defense at a cost of $2.98 billion. The first order is for 50,000 vehicles, a minimum of which will be for 10,019 battery electric vehicles. The USPS also said they will increase in the mix of BVs should additional 
funding become available from internal or other sources, and if the use case for BEVs continues to improve. Now, of course, a recent report from the Inspector General's office shows that 99% of USPS routes could already be served by electric vehicles and that EVs are much cheaper in the long run. Okay, so bottom line here is you're doing a good job. Keep mm -hmm. up the pressure. We just got them to double the number of EVs they're ordering in this first batch, mm -hmm. right? So out of 50,000 they're ordering, 20% of them are EVs. Is it what I wanted? No, I wanted 100%, but it's better than the 5,000 they were going to order. And I mean, if we got the USPS to double the EV order from 5,000 to 10,000, let's keep making some noise. Yeah, the squeaky wheel gets the grease and the loud constituents get the EVs. Hey, and if you want to share this story with your friends so that they can make some noise too, head on over to the Now You Know Clips channel where we chop this into a bite-sized clip that you can easily share. So Elon said at the Gigafactory Berlin delivery event last week, we want to complete the development of Cybertruck this year and be ready for production next year. Sadly, I think this means Cybertruck is not going to start production early in 2023 like I had been hoping. I think Elon is indicating here that his focus is on ramping up production of Model Y in Germany and Texas this year. I wouldn't expect serious production of Cybertruck until very late in 2023. Really? I mean, what, what makes you think that? I mean, he said 2023. Doesn't that mean... We're going to start ramping it up in the beginning of 2023, and then by the end of it, we're going to have lots of what makes you think that. Every time you hear a company that's not having a definitive date on something, then they don't give you a month. They don't give you a quarter. Hmm. They give you a year. Uh, if he had been thinking January of 2023, he would have said early 2023 or hmm. Q1 2023. Here he's saying 23 just so that it's like kind of lessens the shock of it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, it's OK. It's still next year. Mm -hmm. um, but it, that doesn't really matter if production doesn't start till late in the year because that means that no real numbers will come out of the factories until 2024 and i know hey i'm with you we need a support group here i am with you i want my cyber truck as bad as you guys do but he said it pretty clearly at the giga berlin delivery event he's focused on making as many teslas as possible he doesn't really need to make a new model yet because everyone wants the models he's already making and i mean yes you know he adds the model three and immediately sells a crap ton of those and he adds the model y and he adds a crap ton of those but it's not like you just make a new model and then you that just means that you produce more. It means that you need to be allocating factory space. It means that you need to be ramping up and you need to be devoting engineers and brain time to uh, actually doing all of this. And if they're busy working on the Cybertruck, then they're not going to be able to effectively ramp something else. Exactly. And this isn't just another car model that's, you know, the Model Y is similar to the Model 3. The Cybertruck is not similar to anything. And so you have to make completely new supply chain for the stainless steel mm -hmm. and all that. You have to make the exoskeleton completely differently. I'm sure his engineers are trying to figure all that stuff out and it's not easy. And like he's done before, he takes people off of one project to work on another. And I think if you're trying to ramp up lines at different factories, you ca just can't take those bodies physically off of what they're doing right now. I think the other stressor is that, uh, you know, the Cybertruck was unveiled back in what, 2019? Yeah. Uh, a lot has changed uh, in in the years that have followed. And so I think with inflationary pressure, especially, it's going to be hard to hit those price targets yeah. that he had uh, put out exactly. saying like, you'll be able to buy your truck for what was it? Thirty nine thousand yeah. dollars. That's going to be hard to do. Oh, yeah. I mean, they've had to raise the price of 
everything. Oh, yeah. We're going to hear more about that later. But if you're looking for a support group. Yeah, I think. Uh, let's try Cybertruck Owners Club. Um, they've been around for quite a while. It's basically a forum where we, you know, we're getting a lot of the latest news about Cybertruck. So you can be holding out hope with everyone over there. Um, you can also find your place in line if you've reserved a Cybertruck. So you can kind of start to work out maybe when you'd maybe be maybe getting your Cybertruck maybe. Yeah, and maybe visit some friends on the forum that you meet who are going to get their truck before you. I don't know. It's going to be hard. We're going to try and help as much as possible here because when we get our truck, we're going to be driving all over and letting you guys check it out. But yeah, this is the time we need to go over to Cybertruck Owners Club and support each other. And thank you, Cybertruck Owners Club, for helping to support this show. While we're talking about electric pickup trucks, let's talk about the Ford F-150 Lightning. We reported last week on the Lightning pickup truck's Mulroney sticker that was leaked showing its miles per gallon equivalent. Now, Ford has received its EPA ratings for more versions of the Lightning. The base, or confusingly pro version, uh, at $40,000, gets an estimated range of 230 miles, or 370 kilometers, as Ford expected. Now, if you want more range, the platinum version at 90,874 starting price with the bigger battery pack was tested by EPA to have 300 miles of range, 20 more miles than Ford had originally estimated. The Lightning with the longest range is the XLT extended range with 320 miles of range starting at $72,474. So what do you think about the range numbers? They're looking pretty good, I have to say. I'm a little... Worried about the lowest range one, though, the 230 miles, because as we all know, as EV drivers, it depends on what the chemistry is of the battery. Mm -hmm. But if it is nickel based, then you're not going to really want to charge up to 100 percent all the time. And then if you start talking about towing and loads and stuff like that, like, yeah, for a lot of people, it's going to work just fine. But um, yeah, I, I. I don't know. I would have liked to have seen like 270 or something as the base. You know, I think that for like a local tradesman who, you know, has a pretty well-defined service area. I think that 230 miles works for people and getting the price down is really important for a lot of people. Yeah. The total cost of ownership is going to be unbelievable. You're unbelievable. No, and I just love that Lightning has the feature that you can, um, you know, power your house if you need to. Like, that's fantastic. I think that, I mean, yes, it is a little bit extra, but with all the money you're going to be saving on gas, it's like, could be a pretty big no-brainer. And then you also don't have to buy, like, a, a gas generator or something like that to back up your house. Yeah, we're in line to get it, but I don't think we're, like, at the top of the line. So um, I don't know exactly when we're going to get it, but I can't wait to check it out and show it to you guys. So Ethan and I just tested out a really cool product over on the Nowlet's Review channel. Yeah, how'd you get that phone to stick there in the Tesla? It's this company called Magback, and uh, it's really cool. It's this magnetic phone case that you can stick to magnetic chargers, and then you can wirelessly charge your phone through this magnetic phone case. It only works on Apple products um, because they have, <laughs> they have the specific license for the special kind of magnetic thing that allows you to charge through the, that case. Oh, because magnets and charging don't normally work or something? It's a little bit more complicated. And of course, you're dealing with Apple. So this is a company that actually thought, hey, how can we integrate into a Tesla car, which, you know, does have its own wireless charger, but it's in a kind of inaccessible place if you wanted to be looking at it for, say, navigation. So they made a color matched 
really pretty looking thing that sticks right on the screen of your Tesla. Yeah, I mean, I got to ride along and see while well, you and Steven tested it out. You don't want to miss that episode. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Go over to our Now Let's Review channel where you can subscribe and check out all these reviews along with some of the really fun ones like riding e-bikes around in the snow. So definitely go check that out over on the Now Let's Review channel. So even satellites in space appear to be affected by rising gas prices and inflation. Starlink sent out this email to Starlink owners. Due to excessive levels of inflation, the price of the Starlink kit is increasing from $4.99 to $5.49 for deposit holders and $5.99 for all new orders effective today. In addition, the Starlink monthly service price will increase from $99 to $110. The sole purpose of these adjustments is to keep pace with rising inflation. Since launching our public beta service in October 2020, the Starlink team has tripled the number of satellites in orbit, quadrupled the number of ground stations, and made continuous improvements to our network. Okay, so what do you think of the price increase? I think that it's fairly reasonable um, for for what you are getting. Again, a lot of people want to compare this to like, well, that's not what I get from, you know, Time Warner Cable or something like that. It's like this is not that right. if you live in the city, if you can, you know, get access, especially to like gigabit speeds, then you really weren't like Starlink's customer. But I want to point out we got version one of the hardware and they've already come out with version two, which is even better speeds and mm -hmm. stuff. So, I mean, it, they're already improving it. And yes, these are costs that are going up. But I don't know. I think we've all been really spoiled the last many years with really low inflation that we haven't really seen prices going up. I don't know. Arizona still hasn't raised their price. So for sugar water. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> A new report by StockApps.com shows that Tesla spends almost three times as much money per car than any of its competitors. Take a look at this chart on R&D. So yeah, Orange is spending on research and development per car. And yep, Tesla spends $2,984 per car versus, say, GM, which is $878 per car. And Red is advertising per car. So Tesla spends... Uh, zero. GM spends $394 per car and Ford spends $468. So I want to point out that Tesla has all that extra money to spend on <laughs> research and development. And a lot of people will say, you know, well, that Tesla's spending three times as much on R&D. It's because they, they have a lot of catching up to do. And uh, no, they don't. And here's the other thing. You might be saying, okay, so Tesla's spending three times as much. That must mean that they're, okay, great. They're three times as, as fast. I would say that they're even faster because research and development is an inherently expensive process mm. where with every dollar you spend, you move that much faster. And every dollar you don't spend, you move that much slower. So you've got to imagine that there are people working at Ford and GM and they're going, uh, boss, I really need this thing and we need to overnight it and we need to, I need to uh, put this out and, and get a thing back really quickly and I, I want to work expensively, not not slowly and, and, and cheaply. And the boss is going, now listen here, buddy, we've got a budget that we need to keep and if that takes an extra week and a half to get in, then that's what it does. And that's going to slow down processes by months. Trust me, I was in a very fast R&D company. It was very fast moving That's to begin a with. really good point because I think I hear the word research and development and I think of lab coats and microscopes or something. And people like, like dropping things right. in beakers. It's, and it's like, hey, I heard about this thing. It's on the other end of the world. Can we please order it and get it? And I want to talk to this company. And it's like, okay, well, why don't you fill out a report and we'll talk about No, you want to go. And the other thing is if you've got people in your company who are used to the latest tech and are in tune with where that is in the world, they can bring it 
to you. Whereas if, if your people have been sitting in Detroit doing the same thing year after year, they don't know about what the latest cutting techniques and mm. 3D techniques and scanning techniques mm -hmm. are. They're way behind. So this chart, if you read or see nothing else about Tesla, this chart is why Tesla wins. So Jesse, let's buy a mega pack. What are you talking about? Look here on Tesla's website. You can go to the Mega Pack page and click to buy a Mega Pack. So let's do it before the price goes any higher. So, because I mean, wait a second, it was $1.2 million a couple weeks ago. Now it's $1.5 million for a 3.1 megawatt hour Mega Pack. But the capacity has gone up by 100 kilowatt hours. The problem is the backlog is so long that we couldn't get one till next year. I mean, I thought the reason that Tesla opened the Megapack factory in Lathrop, California was to reduce this backlog. I'm sure it was, but Tesla is probably also cell limited. The good news here is that it's the utilities buying these and that this backlog shows that utilities have high demand for batteries. Hopefully any quarter now, Tesla will top the $1 billion in energy revenue in a quarter. You can see here, we just keep trying to hit it and we haven't yet. I'm hoping that one of these days we will. Because remember, Elon has said that he thinks the energy division of Tesla could be even bigger than the auto division. And I think we have an in-depth on that. So Electrify America just put out a press release outlining how they were gonna spend more on chargers. That's great. I mean, 731 locations, 3000 stalls, that's good, but it's nowhere near what's needed. I'm so glad they're gonna be ponying up to put in more chargers. Well, no, they're actually spending more on customer lounges, overhead solar canopies, and a new updated look for their chargers. Wait, that's not what I said I wanted. I think we need more reliable chargers in convenient locations. You don't want solar canopies? You don't want you don't want fun lounges? I mean, sure. I mean, I'd, I'd love for them to have complimentary massages, but everything you do is at the expense of something else. And Electrify America is currently a useful but relatively bare bones charging network. I would rather them focus on more locations, not snazzier ones. I mean, look at the supercharger stations. Some of them aren't in the nicest strip malls or have pretty solar canopies, but there's a lot of them and they're growing really fast. I mean, I'm glad to hear the EA is making new chargers, but I sure hope it's not just reinventing the look and feel as Giovanni Palazzo, president and CEO of Electrify America said, chargers need to be reliable and simple to use. Hopefully these new stations work better. I'm not holding my breath. Yeah, I think we've seen this with uh, Audi as well, right? I mean, they were building, you know, these really ultra cool charging environments, which is great, I suppose, except uh, if there's only a couple of them, who cares? Yeah, I mean, Tesla really is setting the bar and they're showing how to do it. I mean, you, you have to kind of rely on the places where you're putting the chargers. And sometimes those chargers just have to be in the middle of nowhere. This is what I don't get. Tesla's already set the gold standard for this. I'm not saying it's easy to do, but at least you could try. And none of these other companies are even trying. They're not even learning, like, what's the number of stalls we should build at each location? And if you read through a lot of this press release, if you can stomach it, it's all about, like, we want to make it the transition uh, from gas to electric to be more, uh, you know, acceptable and convenient. It's like, so you're trying to differentiate yourself from Tesla, which from like a Harvard Business School perspective is like, oh, you differentiate. That's one of the things you can do to charge more money. In this case... Uh, no, you need a minimum viable product. I right. think that they're at a minimum viable product, but I think that it keeps it, the, the bar keeps going up as more and more EVs get on the road and these chargers get more and more used and abused. You're going to need to continually put in more. And we've seen that with Tesla. They're not perfect. Some of the stations are jam packed. But Tesla has a mission 
And EA seems to have a like, we're tired of just making chargers. Can we do something more fun, boss? So Washington State has just passed a bill into law that all new vehicles registered in Washington State by 2030 should be electric. That makes Washington the earliest state in the nation to go all electric. Now, wait, 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 wait. We reported on this like a year or two ago about this exact same thing, but Governor Inslee didn't sign the bill into law. Now he did? I mean, what's going on? Well, you're right. Governor Inslee didn't sign the previous bill because it was tied to road usage fees, basically ways to help pay for the road since when the state goes electric, there will be less cars burning gas and paying gas taxes. The governor didn't want to tie those two things together, so he didn't vote for it, even though he's a very environmentalist governor. So Washington is leading now. Which states are following? California, Massachusetts, and New York all have laws on the books for 2035. The other 46 states in the union don't have any timelines yet. Now, you said should be electric at the beginning of the story. Yeah, unfortunately, the language of the bill says a target is established for the state that all publicly owned and privately owned passenger cars will be blah, 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 blah. Uh, it didn't say they must be. So the governor's press department said that 2030 is a goal, but 2035 is the requirement. So it's still just a target, unfortunately. Okay. The good news is it's not as uh, weak as you think, mm -hmm. but um, yeah, I would have liked the language to have been a lot stronger. I think the reason they're afraid to is that like, that's not many years away, right? 2030 is eight years away. And I think a lot of people are like, how will every car be made in an electric model by then? Yeah. I at mean, an affordable price. I think that even some people watching the show are like, right. how are we going to reach that? So it's kind of a matter of political support. If people think that something's impossible, then they're going to go like, you guys are crazy. Right. Um, whereas if you... If you make it a target, then you can go, well, it was just a target. Right. It's, oh, there's other states that have 2035. It's all about this production curve um, and whether or not there'll be enough EVs produced and everyone's afraid that there won't be enough batteries and so forth. And I just I think that we're going to get there. And I think that uh, I think that Washington is pretty much right on the money. Well, it's a it's a chicken and egg thing. As more and more states say you have to do it. Yeah. There will be more cars made. It's right. just how it works. And as more states do it. More states will do it. It's right. just uh, this is how adoption happens. Yep. So your friend at work who hates that you love Tesla is going to have fun telling you that Tesla just issued another recall. Yeah, Tesla's recalling certain 2018 and 19 Model S, X, and 2017 through 2020 Model 3 vehicles equipped with Autopilot Computer 2.5 and operating certain firmware releases. The rear view image may not immediately display when the vehicle begins to reverse. As such, these vehicles fail to comply with requirements and Tesla will perform an over-the-air software update free of charge. Owner notification letters are expected to be mailed May 17th. See? Tesla still has problems. Always breaking down, I guess, huh? Well, first of all, this recall only affects 947 vehicles. That's only 0.04% of Tesla's fleet. And second of all, they can all be fixed with a simple over-the-air software update. It's surprising that they haven't already issued the update for something that seems pretty simple. Right. I mean, in the past, we've seen the recall notice go out like the same day as the over-the-air update goes out. And this, to me, seems like a simple fix. Now, I'm not a programmer, so maybe it's not an easy fix. I mean, it was affecting such a small number of cars that maybe Tesla completely forgot about it. And this is why I'm not like, we should abolish NHTSA. I'm not. I haven't really actually said stuff like that. It's just that, you know, sometimes it feels like they can overstep in a case like this of everything works out in the end. Right. It's, it's nice that and I mean, do it. Your neck's going to get a little workout now as you <laughs> look behind you when you back up. All right, it's time for Into the Future, sponsored by our friends over at Henson Shaving. You know, uh, as I was shaving 
just a few minutes before the show, I was thinking about how nice it is that I can change out the blade every time I shave. Because for a couple of weeks there, I was like rushing to shave and I didn't have time to, to change out the blade. And uh, man, a new sharp blade is so nice. And you know what? You're worth it. Okay. You're worth the five to 10 cents that it costs to change out the blade every single right. time. Unlike shave. a cartridge, which costs a lot. And you're like, you're like, I think I can get one more shave out of it. So thank you to Henson Shaving. Their CEO, by the way, watches the show. So hi, Daniel. So head over to HensonShaving.com. Use the code now you know when checking out to get 100 free blades. That's over 200 shaves. Uh, and I think your face will thank you. So we just interviewed the founder and CEO of Selectrack, an electric tractor company. That episode should be out in the next couple of weeks over on our Disruptive Investing channel. So go check out that channel for interviews with so many cool people and companies. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss anything. And that includes the interview we did with Monarch Tractors, another electric tractor company. And now we hear that this fall, John Deere will be launching a new model of its famous green tractor. This one, 14 tons and autonomous from its assembly line in Waterloo, Iowa. Now, company spokesman Ben Haber says that John Deere plans to operate their autonomous tractor on 10 to 50 farms by this fall. Farmers will be able to hook up a plow behind the tractor and use a smartphone to send it off and plow their fields. Now, we don't know anything about the cost yet. And unfortunately, the John Deere autonomous tractor is powered by a diesel engine. Yeah, when I first read the story, I was so excited. I thought, of course, it would be electric because they have announced they have some electric models coming mm -hmm. out. But uh, I was surprised to see that, you know, they've kind of split the autonomy from the electric. I mean, I get why they're doing that, I suppose. It might. I don't. I, I don't at all. I really think you could drive down the cost of ownership by switching. To oh, totally. Electric. I just think that maybe like they're realizing that farmers aren't ready for two big switches at once or something. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see because with these three tractor companies, you've got three different approaches. Selectrek is not doing autonomous. Monarch is doing electric and autonomous. Makes sense. They were started by people from Tesla. Mm -hmm. And John Deere is doing kind of this weird hybrid of like, here's an electric one. Here's a diesel one. Here's one that's autonomous and diesel. It's like. It'll be interesting to see which one does well. Yeah. And definitely be sure to head over to our Disruptive Investing channel and check out the interview with Selectrack and Monarch. All right. It's time for Going Green, brought to you by EcoWare. If you like the shirts that Zach and I are wearing on the show or have worn on pretty much any show, you can find them over at ecoware.us. We carbon offset the manufacturing, shipping, and life cycle of every shirt. And we plant multiple trees for every order and help cap a well with our friends at the Well Done Foundation. AVTA, the Antelope Valley Transit Authority, has just become the first all-electric transit agency in North America. AVTA began in 1992 as the Antelope Valley in California started to become populated. Today, there is a population of over 450,000 residents serving 1,200 square miles, including the cities of Lancaster and Palmdale. Now, fun note here. Um, you were born in California in the valley below this valley. Um, and we used to kind of drive up to that Antelope Valley and there was, it was just like a desert. Like there was barely any houses there. And that was when you were born. And then it just started exploding with, you know, cause there was people needing to move into Southern California and, you know, housing prices were cheaper. So it just started to balloon. AVTA now has 57 BYD electric buses, 10 Green Power EV Star microtransit vans, and 20 BEV commuter coaches from Motor Coach Industries. And here's the thing. It only took them six years to do this, to go from a regular gas-burning bus system to an all-electric one. They set the goal in 2016, and they achieved it. And that is exactly what I think most of the country needs to hear. This is kind of your 
run-of-the-mill, typical transit authority. They have a lot of miles to cover, right? I mean, look at the square miles there. And if they can do it, I don't see why everybody can't. All right, it's time for Sunspots. Now, of course, wind is a form of solar energy, right? The sun heats up the earth, creating air currents. Uh, you get the picture. So let's talk about wind energy. Invenergy and GW Renewable Energy just announced that they have completed one gigawatt of wind turbines built in north central Oklahoma, the largest wind farm in North America in a single phase. Add this to the two other phases that they built and you have almost 1.5 gigawatts. That's 531 GE turbines, enough energy to power 440,000 homes in Oklahoma, Louisiana, and Arkansas. And I just want to talk about this chart from IEEA, again, the International Energy Agency. They're good with past data, right? But they're bad with projections. Check out this chart showing renewables. Light blue is wind, by the way. They are projecting 300 gigawatts of renewables online by 2026. The accelerated case in this next bar over on the right is 375 gigawatts. So let me just get this straight here. We have over 200 gigawatts now of renewable energy and just global onshore wind grew by 110 gigawatts in 2020. So why would we only have 300 gigawatts in four years? Why not over 700 gigawatts? Well, because if you plot the line, it goes up linearly <laughs> and that's how lines work. Zach, they go in a straight dimensional direction. And here, I think, is the problem. If your agency is not good at projecting, I mean, every year they're wrong, then just stop doing it. It doesn't help anybody to be wrong every year. It slows the whole industry down. Right, because, because the industry is like looking at your charts and trying to figure stuff out. And they're like, oh, well, it seems to be growing pretty linearly. Well, that's how we should grow. And that's not how you should grow. And Because if you look at the past data, it is actually following an S-curve. It's just as we've talked about so many times before. The bottom half of an S-curve looks linear, and then it goes, whoa, I didn't see that coming. Gee, Bob, did you hear about that? No, nobody kind of understands that. Hey, and if you'd like to get solar on your house and join the renewable energy revolution, talk to our friends at EnergyPal, because I know you got lots of questions. You're like, who can I trust? These guys work for you. They do it for free. Tell them that Zach and Jesse sent you. All right, it's time for our video contributor story. Now, remember we talked about earlier in the show that Frank is going to talk to us about his experience with a Tesla Hertz rental. Hey, Zach and Jesse, this is uh, Frank, um, your old pal Ed Nixon on YouTube. I left you a couple of pictures about the Hertz Model 3 that they said they reserved for me for $70 a day plus tax at the El Monte local edition here in uh, the Los Angeles area. Well, that didn't happen. Apparently, if you see one on the lot, you might be able to get it for that. They'll put it in a rate plan that's the same as a Chevy, but no car. So we had to come to the airport. This is the airport. This is the Hertz lot where there's undoubtedly 500 Model 3s floating around this moment. We just turned it in. Uh, the, the, the rate went up a little from uh, the base rate to, to like 140 a day. And after the airport usage fees, that's 197 a day. Of course, that was uh, free supercharging. We put 942 miles on our gray uh, standard range plus model three and did a run up to the bay area to san francisco look it's alaska airlines and uh <laughs> what was awkward about this and people generally do not know about model threes on the lot they think oh glass it's a sunroof no it's not a sunroof on the model three uh the uh gosh uh, your, your car is locked down if it's a hertz it's tied to a Hertz email address. You can't get in the glove compartment. 
I went to the manager at the LAX location asking, can we open the glove compartment? No, you can't open the glove compartment. Probably because they don't want you to take the USB uh, sentry mode recordings and things of that nature in there. There are certain things that are a little different in the software and Hertz Model 3s that make it a rental. You're not going to be able to use the Tesla app. You can't see it remotely. It's not quite the same experience as owning your own car. But um, it's fun. Uh, if you can afford it, why not? We'll try again at the local edition, but that didn't work out for me this time. That's it from the Los Angeles International Airport Hertz lot. Thank you so much for the insight, Frank. This is why we have an awesome community. We are we're hearing about, you know, because I mean, you might be traveling and you might need to rent a car and you might want to rent a Tesla. Hey, look, I'm going to save some money and get a $70 rental. Uh, Wow. Two. What was it? Almost, Almost $200. Wow. Hey, I wasn't born yesterday. I know there's fees, but uh, when the fees are more than double the price of something, like it's no longer a fee anymore, is it? Like it's that's just come on that's bait and switch guys not cool i'm glad you got your money's worth in terms of miles oh my god yeah what <laughs> 900 miles of free charging yeah, that's great wait was it free supercharging um i didn't you say that i thought so yeah that's a lot of value actually yeah, all right well it's time for our patreon bonus stories if you're new to the show and you're like what are they talking about here head on over to patreon.com slash now you know the link is down there and you're going to get to see all of our bonus stories for just a buck a month and then if there's other perks you want to get hey that helps us out too All right, we're back from our Patreon bonus stories. It is time for the shout outs. Who do we got this week, Jess? We've got Modal Group. James Graham. Rob Christinger. Frankie and Hong Para. Clearest. Bill Clate. Monte Guillon. Eric Milliken. Hey, Eric. Jan Sever Hestivik. Philip D. Parkinson. Venkat Papalo. Ray Hebron. Zukiwi One. Troy Brown. Kohog. Norbert. David Moore. Dan. Timo Pojo Saho. Simon Danello. Larry Sousey. Rick S., John Persley, and James Highland. Thank you so much for supporting this channel. We can't do it without you. All right, we had a Patreon poll this week. Uh, remember, you can go over to Patreon at the $2 level and enter our polls. What was the question? It was, what do you think is going to be in Elon's master plan, Ooh, part three? Because, I mean, we have smart people out there. What was it? Most people thought it was going to involve Tesla bots. Yes, I'm, <laughs> I think you are right. Hope I didn't influence your answers. All right, it's time for Community Mail Time. Community Mail Time. Remember, send in your stories, your videos to hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. Francis sent us these pictures of this Model 3 spotted up on Sunset Plaza Boulevard, just off of uh, Sunset Boulevard in West Hollywood. And that's, those are the... No, the climate heating up. That's the t yearly annual temperature on average, and it's heating up. Denver sent us this picture of two Ionic 5s he spotted along with an EV Cadillac in Winter Garden, Florida. So that is plugged in. Look at that. That is an EV Cadillac. Jeff writes from Illinois to tell us about his dad's new Model Y, some Rivians they saw while driving to Bloomington to pick up the Tesla, and his 1997 Pontiac Fiero conversion. He says, I've been using solar since 1994 and currently install solar as our family business. I built an EV out of a Fiero in 1997 and have been driving EVs ever since with two Nissan Leafs and a Model 3. Collectively, I've driven over 240,000 miles with electricity only and no gas. I've been promoting EVs and solar for many, many years and nice to see things finally coming around. On a side note, our local TV station interviewed a person about the high gas prices and his comment was interesting. He said, I guess we may be forced into looking at buying an EV if the prices stay high. 
I think people still have the wrong idea with a comment like this. In my opinion, it isn't something people should feel forced into, but it should be a pleasure or something exciting to look into. And I totally agree with you. Thanks, Jeff. Brock was recently in California over spring break, and he spotted a Lucid Air Dream Edition at the Tesla Design Studio next to SpaceX. Wow, so that's in Hawthorne, California. The enemy is in the gates. Uh, Mark sent us this video of some of the debris left over from that flying Tesla from the other day in L.A. Remember that? Yes. He said, hi, guys. You probably by now have seen the flying Model S that the crazy idiot drove over the hill in Los Angeles. Anyway, I went over to the scene, picked up some of the debris. The radiator was the most interesting piece. Any suggestions on what to do with it? Maybe stick it on eBay with all proceeds to UNICEF or something like that? I don't honestly know what people would pay for that on eBay. Does anyone want a broken Tesla radiator? I'm sure some people would want that. Maybe Rich Rebuilds wants is it. it. Is it your property? I Technically? Mean, I don't know. It's just, I'm just, I don't, that's where I mean, I he go did a like, good deed. He's cleaning up the streets. I, I, yeah, no, you're right. And I mean, let's be honest, the guy who jumped the Tesla probably, well, it wasn't his car. No. That's the that's the part that's really confusing I don't know. me. Yeah, I don't know what to do. They're uh, not really valuable parts anymore. Yeah, but, I, I don't know what to do, Mark. I mean, it's a really nice thought. You could try it, I suppose. But uh, maybe the guy whose Tesla got destroyed might want to uh, try and raise some money for himself. <laughs> Now, Bernie told us about this new USPS EV bill in Congress. Representative Jerry Conley from Virginia introduced a bill called the Green Postal Service Fleet Act of 2022 that would prohibit the United States Postal Service from moving forward with a contract for a new fleet of mail trucks unless 75% of those trucks are electric. I think that's a great idea. Mm -hmm. Why don't you talk to your congressperson and tell them that you agree too so we can stop this bullshit that's going on where they're just buying, let's buy a few EVs mm -hmm. and we'll buy the rest as gas. All right, it's time for Supercharged Reviews. Let's see what people have been finding out in the world. Hey, Zach and Jesse on Now You Know. We are charging at the Tesla Superchargers in Brush, Colorado. It's kind of a uh, sparse uh, location, but has some basic services that are helpful. So behind you, and now me, is the uh, travel station. There's a subway in there, uh, bathrooms, kind of some basic things that you might need in Brush, Colorado. And then across the street is a Wendy's. Uh, right there so you can stop and get something to eat there's also a couple of hotels around here if you need a place to stay uh, but it does the trick it's kind of a long stretch across uh, interstate 80 and i-76 and great to have the superchargers here and um, good place to stop now you know hey zach and jesse phil here again uh, this time i'm at ignis ontario in canada uh, it's quite a remote little town, uh, lower population. Uh, anyways, we're at the uh, six stall V3 supercharger station. Uh, around me I have uh, not a whole lot again, uh, just a couple of family owned restaurants and uh, a little convenience store there, probably a place to use the washroom. There's also a uh, Robin's Donuts uh, somewhere over here. Um, it's a little coffee shop and uh, not much else around really. Uh, I would rate this station a 5 out of 10. Now you know. Hi Zach and Jesse, this is Sean coming at you from beautiful Lake Louise, Alberta, Canada. I am at the Tesla Destination Charger 
There are four stalls here. Two of them are regular Tesla stations, and the other two are the uh, 1772 that require adapters so they can be used for other vehicles. Uh, the chargers are free, and the views are stunning here. I am actually kind of right down in town, tucked into the trees. The actual lake itself has the Chateau Lake Louise that has a destination charger up there as well, which is quite beautiful. The location that I'm in here is actually pretty convenient. There are bathrooms at the Husky right behind me and there's a convenience store there. And then over at the Samson Mall, we've got uh, more public bathrooms and there's a sports store that rents uh, skis and outdoor equipment in the winter here, as well as things in the summer. They've got a grocery store. They've got a, a great little bakery. The score that I would actually give this destination charger, despite the fact that it is free and the views are beautiful and there's hardly anyone ever at this destination charger, I'd give it a four. And the reason is because Tesla, what we actually need here is a supercharger. We've got superchargers currently located in Golden in uh, British Columbia and we've got them in Jasper and in Canmore here in Alberta. But uh, within Banff National Park, we've got a big hole in between all those superchargers. And so you've got to go quite a long distance between them. And if you find yourself um, needing a charge, the destination charger here, despite the fact that it's free, it is slow. So uh, Tesla, please, we badly need a supercharger in this location to really kind of uh, tie up this section of the Trans-Canada Highway here. Great. Thanks so much. Now you know. Hi, Zach and Jesse. It's Hal in San Marcos, California. San Marcos is in the northern part of San Diego County. In the background, you can see Route 78, which is the main highway through this area. There are 20 version 3 stalls, and especially nice being a substantial urban charger is that a number of apartments are being built in this area, which will come in handy for people who are tenants there with Teslas. Among the stores here are Chipotle, Panera, In-N-Out Burger, Chick-fil-A. There's a Japanese restaurant here and there's a Japanese restaurant across the street. And for groceries, there's a Winco Foods. Ten miles to the west are the beaches of Carlsbad and Oceanside. Seventy miles to the east is the second largest state park in the country. It's 600,000 acres. Anza Borrego Desert State Park. Great place to see a super bloom. I'll give this charger a 9.2 out of 10. Now you know. Thank you so much for doing supercharger reviews. Uh, if you want to see all of the supercharger reviews, we have them on a map, which I think is the most useful way to see them over on our website. It's nowyouknowchannel.com. All right, and what do we got for the newest and latest and greatest ones? We've got number 27 in Austria is the 10 stall at Salzburg Nord in Austria. Number one and one in France is the 16 stall in Montauban. Number 68 in Texas is the 12 stall at Huto, Texas. Number 41 in New Jersey is the 8 stall at Old Bridge, New Jersey. Number 11 in New Mexico is the 16 stall in Albuquerque at Louisiana Boulevard in New Mexico. Number 37 in the Netherlands is the 16 stall at Schiedam, Netherlands. The 16 stall in Bissendorf, Germany. Number 85 in Florida is the 8 stall in Plant City, Florida. Number 33 in Maryland is the 8 stall at Frederick at Buckystown Pike, Maryland. Number 53 in Italy is the 12 stall in Torino, Italy. Number 88 in Norway is the 12 stall in Hitra, Norway. Number 146 in Canada is the 7 stall in Matinee, Quebec. 
Number 47 in Virginia is the 12 stall at Woodbridge at PTC in Virginia. Number 91 in the UK is the 18 stall in Trafford, UK. Number 62 in New York, the 12 stall at East Hampton in New York. And number 118 in Germany, number 761 in Europe, number 3333 in the world is the 16 stall in Leipzig Airport, Germany. All right, it's time for our Patreon comment of the week. And Ulrich said, Tesla sells every car they can make without paid advertising. Until some other company can do that, Tesla's lead is intact. You are so right, okay? Uh, if I can go out there and sell everything that I make without even having to tell the world about it, and mm -hmm. it just sells itself, that's an amazing, amazing service or product. And that's what Tesla does. And that's why no one understands it, because they're probably like, well, I haven't seen any ads for it. Exactly. It's, and you just hear about it. And it's it's not until the day that somebody that you know pulls into your driveway with the car and is so excited to talk to you about it that you realize what it's about. And and at that point, you weren't really prepared for that <laughs> to happen. And so it's just, people are just caught off guard. They're like, why didn't I hear about this? And I really want it now. Think about how much money we talked about in the show. The other car companies are spending four or five or six hundred dollars per car to get that word out to you. That's incredible amount of money if you think about it, especially right. since the margin on those cars is so low. You might be thinking, but yeah, but that's a $40,000 car. Yeah, but the margins are so tiny. Right. And, you know, this is why Tesla says if you make a good product, people will buy it. And he is absolutely right. And, and Ulrich, you're absolutely right. Hey, we made it to the end of the show. Thank you so much for watching. We work really hard every week to put out the show. It's been a particularly hard few weeks for us here. We really appreciate you guys watching. We appreciate your support. We are so excited about Giga Rodeo. Um, I, we're so excited to be working with a friend Noah over at Corporate Streams. This is going to be something that I don't think has been done on YouTube before, like outside of a like truly professional like network yeah because we're not truly professional <laughs> I, i'm just saying like this is we're gonna kind of be experimenting here and yeah I'm, i kind of feel like when we start the first hour or two we're gonna be pretty bad at it and by ropes. midnight we should be great so um yeah i'm really excited for you to just kind of drop in at, at certain points um we're gonna be hopefully you know taking questions from the crowd of uh, getting to talk directly to people through our zoom call it's gonna be this like really neat um futuristic uh, way of, of doing a live stream that I don't think that anyone has really been able to do before in this way. Um, and I'm just so excited to be able to hopefully bring you some coverage. So if you do have an invite, please, please, please don't forget about us when you're uh, walking through the gate into yeah, the gig. It's going to be so easy to join us on a Zoom call. You guys know how to do that by yeah. now, right? It's been two years of this. We'll give you a link. You'll hop on with your phone and maybe we'll be able to get you on the show and ask you questions and have you show us what's going on. It's going to be so fun to share. I know it's going to be a crazy day, but, you know, spend it with us. It'll be really fun. We'll see you next time. Now you know.